Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. We're talking about the book of Proverbs. If you'd like to go there, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 will be our context this morning. The book of Proverbs, Roadmap for Living, is what we're delving into to lay out some very practical and meaningful, significant principles for living. This is our third message in this series. We've talked about defining what a proverb is, simply to compare a comparison. The book of Proverbs is all about comparison. Also, the key concept that I would put into the book of Proverbs summarizes the word choices. Everything is about choosing and choice, taking the right way, the right path, getting off the wrong path, making sure you understand what's down the road for you if you choose to do the things your own way or if you choose to walk in the ways of God. So the book of Proverbs, as life is, is all about choices. Sometimes we make a lot of good choices, sometimes one bad choice. We'll balance out ten good choices and the other way around. There are some choices that are obviously much more weighty on the scale of life than other choices. Those choices would be, of course, things like marriage. Once you decide, it's not something you should undo. Things like career and training for four, six, or eight years to get into a business. That's something you should take very carefully. Relationships of all sorts would be something you should take very carefully. Friendship, because whoever you become friendly with, you'll become like. And so you need to look at those kind of things. What you do with business, if you partnership or go into business with someone, sometimes that is very complicated if it's wrong to unwind it and get out of it. Decisions you make about banking and investment, what you do with loans, what you do with your money, what you do with your legacy, how you prepare for your future. What you do for your retirement or such a thing as life after your normal job. What will you do with your life? What about taking care of your children and your children's children? Proverbs speaks about every one of these. Proverbs also warns us about what it means to the spirit of a person when they allow anger to rule them. Jealousy, lust, immorality of any kind. What happens when you destroy the walls of your spirit with the words you speak, speaks about a talebearer and a whisper and a gospel and how destructive those paths that people choose with their attitudes and their habits. The book of Proverbs is about living. So as we begin to look again in this message about the purpose of Proverbs, I want to bring you right into it because whatever this book says is pretty important. First of all, four statements. Proverbs makes plain the complex. What is complex for us to understand? Sometimes you might take somebody through, and I thought about this so many times with counseling, you might take somebody through a series of counseling uh, sessions. Maybe there's five, six, eight, ten, or twelve. Or you might talk with someone about some other decision-making process and spend hours with them. But most of the time, most of the time, you can boil it down to two or three minutes. Most of the time, it doesn't need hours of discussion. Most of the time, it doesn't need hours to really say the right thing. You just have to convince the person you're talking with to do the right thing. And so you have to frame it in so many different ways. Proverbs cut through all the stuff, all the complexity of what you might say to someone, and it just goes to the bottom line. 
a gem of truth that forgets the details and leaves you with the sum and substance of the whole matter. It just simply uses a sentence or two to say, this is what happens if you do this, and this is what happens if you do this. Choose. Now, you can go through, again, a lot of commentary on that, a lot of thoughts on that, and paragraphs of discussion, but Proverbs brings it right down to the bottom line. A person who commits adultery is like a person who will be shot through the heart with an arrow. Well, it doesn't take long for you to understand what that means. You don't have to explain that over and over again. It's just where it's at. A young man who will be tempted by a prostitute or a person of immorality, and what happens if they're tempted to go down that path into her house? It tells you what happens when you go to the house. It's just two verses. It's not a huge explanation of the mark on your character. And so it is with lying or stealing or any other area of life. It just goes to the bottom line. Makes it very easy for us to see it. Proverbs, second statement, is a book that meets us where we are and begins to move us to where God wants us to be. Let us be moved. Wherever you are. If you feel a little guilty about some of the things I'd say because you're already on a little bit of a side path, you would know that. If you feel a little guilty about something you've done in the past, remember there's grace and forgiveness. I've not said all that to frame everything in. But the fact is, you would rather have someone not have to go down that path to receive the grace for that mistake. You would rather that they would receive grace of wisdom and not have to have grace for the mistake. That would be the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. But if there is a mistake, which a lot of us make, and we take a wrong path, there is the grace of God, and there's a way for us to get back on the right path and to be restored, and Proverbs speaks about that. Wherever you are in your character, in your habits, in your attitudes, in the way you live right now, if you need to correct a very specific area of your life, you would know that. If you have a lack of wisdom in making good decisions or good investments or good friendships or good relationships, if you have a lack there, you would be crying out right now, God, this is where I'm at, and I want to move toward where I should be. Proverbs moves us to the place God wants us. Third statement. The counsel and wisdom of Proverbs is profitable for all people. Remember this. I know it, and I've had people say this to me. Can an unsaved person read the book of Proverbs and get something out of it? Of course they can. But just remember, saved or unsaved, it's profitable. But the unsaved cannot claim salvation by just doing the wisdom of the book of Proverbs or any other set of codes or principles. Salvation is not by a set of codes. Salvation is not by a set of principles. Salvation is not just by following the path of wisdom. You have to find Christ. It says in the book of Colossians chapter 2 that in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and also in Christ are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's the book of Proverbs. Wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2 verse 3. And so in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and all the treasures of knowledge are in Him. And so wisdom and knowledge is not just in the pages of a book for you and I. It's in a person and that person's name is Christ. And so as you have relationship to Christ, as you have relationship to the Holy Spirit, there can be 
abundant wisdom and abundant knowledge that can come into your life as he directs your steps. Proverbs is an Old Testament mindset, but it's a New Testament spirit. Christ fulfilled every word in the book of Proverbs. He lived that book. He was filled with wisdom. He had stature for knowledge. He spoke the words of God. He lived a righteous life. He was a man of integrity. Everything about him in Matthew 7, when he speaks about the people who build their house, he talks about the wise person and the foolish person. Book of Proverbs. He is filled with treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs. He talks about the wise man and the foolish man. Book of Proverbs. Jesus understood the knowledge that was presented in this book by Solomon. Because he was Emmanuel, God with us, the fullness of knowledge. And so when you accept Christ, you have the possibility to live a wise life and not be foolish. To live a life that will not be destroyed. To live a life that has a foundation. You have to find that in Christ first. Proverbs shouts out several things to everyone. Wise up, walk straight, get right directions, watch your step, listen. Quit doing that. Turn around. Those are the words that you will see in the book of Proverbs over and over again. It shouts to us. Wise up. Wise up. Sounds like a parent talking with a child. Walk straight. Get right directions. Watch your step. Life is serious. Be careful. Listen. How many times have you taken your kid by the face and just got them to look you in the eye and said, listen to me? Or took them by the shoulder and got them to face you, listen to me? It's what the book of Proverbs does with wisdom. It's wisdom kind of getting you by your shoulders or grabbing you by your face and shaking you a little bit and saying, hey, listen to me. The book of Proverbs is filled with phrases of neglect, resist. Turn, would not listen, played the ignorant game. And Proverbs is filled with Lady Wisdom saying, why don't you listen to me? Why do you turn from me? Why do you pull your shoulder away from me? Why do you go down the wrong street when I told you not to? It's wisdom crying out to the people. Wise up. Don't do that. Turn around. Will you please listen? Quit doing that. Turn around. I'm sure you've thought, and I can think about it. How many times in your own life you would simply say to yourself, I wish I would have listened? There could be dozens of times. I wish that I would have followed the instructions. I can't turn the clock back, but if I could, I should have listened, I should have turned, I should have taken the right route. But I was just a little bit hard-hearted, a little bit rebellious. I did not see it as that important. I pulled my shoulder away from all authority, and I did what I wanted to do. One of the judgments of God upon our life sometimes is not that God throws a disease our way or have a car run over us or do something else. One of the great judgments of God upon human nature is to allow us to have our own ways. Say, okay, go ahead. I told you it's not the best, but if you demand, go ahead. Israel 
kept after God for certain things. It says in the Bible, he gave them what they asked for, but he sent leanness into their soul. There are times that we get what we want only to find out we really didn't want it. Only to live something to learn the fact that it would have been better to bend our will, submit our life, be a little bit more humble and wise to listen to people and to God and his word. It's really very simple, but it's also very complex. Listen now. The book of Proverbs, if you will turn, if you haven't already, to chapter 1. I'm going to read the first seven verses. I'm reading from a particular translation. New Living Translation. It's actually very good. New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. These are the Proverbs. Now, if you mark your Bible, hope you do during the whole series. Remember, Proverbs is dash comparisons, dash choices, illustrations without complexity. Okay, these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Remember Solomon. If he would have chosen to live his Proverbs, he would never have moved into the book of Ecclesiastes. He should have stayed with Proverbs. Ecclesiastes is vexation, vanity of spirit. Everything under the sun is going to turn out bad. It's a horrible way to live. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you will be depressed if you don't understand the truth that he ends with. Because what he says is a person who has left the real basic matters of reverencing God, loving God, and living for God out of their life and went into all the vanities and vexations of life. And so he says, everything under the sun is empty. Well, that's not true. Everything under the sun is not empty. And life is not all vanity and vexation. And life is not meant to be lived that way with an oppression and a depression and a negative mind, a negative spirit. But he broke his own rules. He began to move outside the very words he wrote at his mid-age mark before he went into his latter years with Ecclesiastes. If he would have stayed with Proverbs, Ecclesiastes would have never been written, at least not the way that we read it today. These are the words of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. And these words are important because these words come from a man who had the gift of wisdom and the height of wisdom when he is pouring forth for his nation a way to have boundary lines and stakes them to the ground. These are good words. Verse 2. The purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Help them understand wise sayings. Through these Proverbs, people will be and receive instruction in discipline. Good conduct. And doing what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. Let those who are wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those who understand receive guidance by exploring the depth of meaning 
in these Proverbs. So what I'm trying to do with you is a biblical exhortation for us to have some discipline in our mind and our character to do what is right and to understand how to get more wise than we are right now. It says, explore the depth of meaning of these Proverbs, parables, wise sayings, and riddles. Then verse 7 is really the crux of the book of Proverbs that everything comes out of this core. Fear the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Only fools despise wisdom and discipline. Look at verse 8. Listen, my child. Starts right off. Verse 9. What you learn from them will crown you with grace. I would want that to happen to my life and those around me. And clothe you with honor. What two very choice things to pray. Crown my life with grace. Clothe my life with honor. If I could just understand these proverbs and these principles and know how to put my feet in the right path, be humble enough to respond and turn around when I'm on the wrong path. If I can learn these proverbs, it says my life will be crowned with grace and clothed with honor. Now, here are the five purposes of the book of Proverbs. Number one, which we're praying for, the purpose of gaining wisdom through discipline. To know wisdom and instruction. I want you to notice the word instruction. The word instruction, muzar, in the Hebrew language simply means training by correction and discipline. So the word instruction has the idea of being trained by correction and discipline. The word instruction carries the meaning of response. It carries the meaning of the disciplines of life that you respond to and learn from. That's where instruction comes from. Instruction is not classroom. Instruction is not just reading materials. In America, we think instruction is academic. We think instruction is if I read it, I've done it. If I know it, I'm okay. That's not what Proverbs says. Proverbs not talking about a group of of scriptures that you memorize or just some uh, code of ethics that you write down and paste up on your wall somewhere and you say, okay, I know the code of ethics. Okay, I know what the Bible says. All right, I know all these principles of life. Instruction is not the knowledge of the instruction, but the discipline of responding to them. And when you're out of step, the correction that comes your way to respond to correction and learn to apply the knowledge equals instruction. So instruction is a way of life, not a way of knowledge. He says, I will give you instruction, the purpose of gaining wisdom through disciplines, wisdom, the insight to the underlying causes and significance are consequences of things which enables one to apply principles of life wisely. What's the underlying cause of your situation? What is the underlying consequence of your situation? Do you have enough wisdom to see through the cause and the consequence? If you do, you're a wise person. A person who understands the cause of something and the consequence of it For sure, they will walk more safely and slowly and patiently than a person who does not understand why the situation is and where the situation will take you. Consequence. Discipline is the internal strength to act on that understanding. Remember, 
Wherever truth comes, any part of your life, it will confront your carnal nature. Wherever truth is, something will be corrected. Something will be bent back into order. Something will demand your response, whether it's something to do with forgiveness and bitterness or something to do with positive, negative words or something to do with respect of authority, beginning with your parents and your boss and those around you or something to do with your purity of mind and heart and spirit and what you do with your morality. Wherever the word of God enters, there's a discipline that must take place that you line up and correct yourself with the word of God. You respond to the truth of the word of God, and bend your character. Number two, the purpose of understanding the words of insight in this book. Verse two, it says, to discern and comprehend, it uses this key word, understanding. Perceptions. Understanding the words of insight means that I must receive some perceptions, perceiving things right. Have you ever said to someone, you just don't see it, do you? Why can't you see this? Have you ever had someone say to you, you are blinded to the reality of the way the situation is. Why can't you see it? Well, a person who is blinded to that has probably a lot of walls that have been set up why they're blinded to it. But what you're saying to them is, why can't you receive proper perception? Why can't you perceive things in the reality of the situation? Why do you always bend them out of shape or you're blind to it or you react to it? I don't understand how you can't see what you're doing. Perception is the ability to understand the process that people go through to make proper decisions based on their judgments and principles. Perception understands process. Understanding is the Hebrew word that's also used in other places. Basically, the word understanding means between. To have understanding means you judge between things. The idea of discerning between options. To have understanding, and you know, you do this probably with businesses and other young people, at least I do, pros and cons. Let's just write it down. Sometimes when you see the pro and the con, you go, okay, I think I see it more clearly. What are you doing? You're doing a between. You're you're taking the options and you're putting them out very clearly so that the person can judge between with understanding of what they're up against to make that decision. A wise person always has a between option. They understand the options. This is where I win. This is where I lose. If you have 12 losses and four wins... You would probably not take the 12 losses. You would take the four wins. And so you would look at that and say, there's too many things I will lose if I go this way. There are too many things that might happen if I choose this option. But if you never know the options and you don't know the consequences of or you don't know the wisdom of, you can make choices out of emotion 
sometimes out of friendship and relationship because people around you want you to do something. I'll tell you right now, most of the time, peer-level pressure, peer-level counsel, and peer-level heart for your life is most of the time wrong. Wrong. It's what Proverbs says. You should not respond, especially as a young person, just to peer-level relationship friends, what they want you to do, because they don't know what to do themselves. How can they tell you what to do? They haven't lived enough life to know the cause, the consequence, or the options, or the lists, or the pros and the cons. But young people are so prone to listen to the peers around them, not talk to mom, dad, pastors, elders, uncles, aunts, anybody else. They'll talk to a friend about their boyfriend or someone else about some decision or someone else about a career or if someone else chooses a a career, they choose it because their friend's going to college to do that. Now, if you would put the pros and cons, you would never choose that. Understanding is the ability to choose the right option, not just between good and bad. But as you get older, there are fewer crossroads with greater consequence. The longer you live, the fewer the crossroads you'll come to. And those crossroads, each one of them, even though they're few, will be deep and wide and heavy. Why? Because they're not a crossroad between good and evil. They're crossroads between better and best. So much more difficult to see. They're crossroads between happy, fulfilled to impacting, successful, and fruit-bearing in an area of life that you could never see from where you're looking at now. But if you choose the right thing, you would have more impact, more impact, more significance, not just happiness, not just feeling like I got away with something. I got through life without having a disease and got my money to retire. That's not significance. You might be happy, but it's not impacting to what you really believe to be eternal value. And so as you come to crossroads, the older you get, you better have enough insight to understand between better and best and between what is secular and what is kingdom or what is just on the human plane and what is on the kingdom plane. Because then you choose. Number three. We're talking here about discernment, the ability to see the heart of something, understand the true nature of something, move into it, the purpose of attaining a disciplined and prudent life. I'm trying to help you at least consider your ways that you want to be mighty in spirit, which means what? You want to learn how to judge every situation with prudence and wisdom. How? You want to be mighty in spirit with a combination of using the word of God and the Holy Spirit to come down to a perception and a way of living that is most of the time right and safe and fruitful and impacting, which means you must have the gift of prudence. In verse 3, receive instruction in wise dealing and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness. To receive wisdom and justice. This is a manual for living now. Number three, the purpose of attaining what? A discipline and prudent life. Prudence is the ability to plan ahead. That's what prudence means. Devise a course of action. Achieve desired results. You would say that person is prudent. 
They know how to strategize their feet for a path to get the results that they really need. They are prudent. To be prudent means you must have at least three things going for you. Good thinking, careful planning, and skillful strategies. So if you're going to be a prudent person who knows how to direct their path, go for the desired results, keep yourself in that strategic plan that God has given you where the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of others have brought a threefold cord into your spirit and you're devising your ways with such wisdom that you never have to backtrack. You never lose time. You don't have to mess with detours and delays and, and destructive roads that you shouldn't be on. You're gaining time all the time. Every time you make a good decision, you're buying time. Every time you make a good decision, a wise decision, you don't have to back up. You're not just saving months. You might be saving years and you might be saving a lot of investment and money and time and everything else because the decision is prudent, good thinking, careful planning, skillful strategy, threefold cord witness. Take the step, it's solid, and you move on. Godly prudence marks a wise person. There's also a thing in the Bible that I would call the dark side of prudence. It's ungodly prudence. Prudence is the ability to maneuver things into place to carry out a desired end. Prudence can also be used by a person of lower nature, carnal nature, maybe even twisted character. A person who knows how to manipulate people to do what they want. Manipulate their decisions to get what they want. To strategize shrewdly and carefully to make sure they always end up on top of the pile. is an ungodly prudence. The Bible bears it out. Genesis 3.1 uses this word prudence. In the original form in Genesis 3.1, it says, And the serpent was more crafty than all the animals. The word crafty is that same word. Craftiness is the fallen side of wisdom. In Joshua's chapter 9, verse 4, it says the Gibeonites connived, same word, conniving, for prudence. They strategized and planned pulled the wool over Joshua's eyes and his men to make them believe something that wasn't true. And they got them to make a false covenant with them that really cost them later on. It says in Joshua 9, 4, they connived Joshua. They connived him. They, they manipulated and got their way. You don't want to have ungodly prudence. You don't want to have shrewdness that's anointed by your carnal nature. You don't want to be able to manipulate, lie, and do whatever you have to do with your personality, your emotions, your tone of voice, knowing all the time that you are simply moving someone to get your way. Moving someone to confirm what you want to do. That conniving spirit can be very dangerous. Number four. The purpose of attaining life wisdom by the inexperience. The simple person in the book of Proverbs is not a mental capacity. It's inexperience. Simple person are those who do not have enough experience to have mature judgment. They're inexperienced. They're simple. The simple person hangs around with other simple people. They get more simple, more inexperienced. And when you listen to the inexperienced give you counsel about things they know nothing about, you end up being a foolish person. And when you hang around with foolish people long enough, you end up doing foolish things. And those foolish things can really destroy the path that you're on. 
So the book of Proverbs is written to the inexperienced person who would be the young, possibly, but it can be more than just the young. It says, I want you to have discretion. These are great words in the book of Proverbs, discretion. The ability to make plans and decisions with a godly purpose, discretion. Knowing what to do with your mind and your emotions and your morals, having discretion. Experience is a vital teacher, but by itself, you don't win. Number five, the purpose of navigating the roadmaps of life. What I want you to do, navigate, take this turn well. Wise counsel, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Wouldn't this be a wonderful thing for people to say about you? You're the kind of person who hears and increases your wisdom. You're the kind of person who follows wise counsel. The wise counsel that comes your way, you, you grab a hold of it. Wise counsel literally means steering. The wisdom proverb teaches like a steering wheel, or in those days, maybe driving the horse and the carriage in our days, more like a steering wheel. But it's that thing that steers a life. Proverb says that wise counsel is the thing that will steer your life. Onto the right path, off of the wrong path. Proverb promises that if we ask for wisdom, the Holy Spirit will give it to us. There's a thing in the book of Proverbs called the spirit of wisdom. There's a thing in the book of Proverbs called an attitude or a mindset of wisdom that comes over a person. If you're on the wrong path, let me be very, very clear that you can get off of it. Let me be very clear. Do not beat yourself up. Punch yourself in the face when you go home, you know, emotionally. There's grace for you. There's life for you. There's wisdom for you. Life begins right now. Every time you make a right decision, right decisions follow. And if you've been making some wrong, wrong decisions will follow. But you can stop that today. If you're already wise, you want more wisdom, you start that today. If you're already wondering about some of your habits, you can break those and start doing the right thing. Proverbs meets you where you are and helps you to get to where you need to be. Can I hear an amen?